It's Saturday morning at 10 a.m., so you know what that means. It's time for What's Up, Ocala? With tens of thousands of viewers every month on our YouTube channel and millions so far on TikTok, we are joined by our host, local owner and broker of Great Expectations Realty, Andrea Praber. Good morning and welcome to What's Up Ocala. I'm your host, Andrew Praber, and today I have a fantastic guest with me. Debbie, go ahead and tell everybody who you are, where you work, and how they can get in touch with you. Well, thank you for having me, Andrea. I'm Debbie Cowan with Prime Lending, literally across the street from our office here. And um, you can get a hold of me anyway, uh, text, email, uh, call, but my number is 352-433-7846. And that's usually the best way. I usually have that on 24-7. Yep. I did not have to go far to find you. No. No. <laughs> no, actually, we have been friends since I opened my brokerage. I know. And We're going, you, you're going on six yeah. years too, right? I ain't going or, on seven. Seven, right? 2018? Yes. Yeah. No, it actually is. It's 2000. No, it's six because I just made my six year anniversary with Prime <laughs> One Lending. One and we met when I first well, opened. Let's just round up to 10. So. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. 10. <laughs> ask, don't ask me how many years I've been in the business. No, because no, that no, no, is no, a little no. bit more um, no. depressing. So, yeah. yeah. I, I don't really want to, I don't want to share that, no, that kind no. of information. You can start adding up and find out how yeah. old I am. Plus, yeah. I, I really, it annoys me so badly when uh, real estate agents that have been in the business for some reason really focus on that. Like you can't tell me anything cause I've got 20 years experience. So I will never say, I'm never going to tell anybody anything like that. I'm going to try very, very hard because I think it's, it's very closed, very, you know, I, well, you're not you know, open to new things. I, I'm a firm believer in my business and probably yours too. Cause I see it on both sides that there is something to be said about experience Right. Mm -hmm. So the, we do have experience, but the beauty of our business is every customer is different. Every situation is different. So when I, every time I think I know everything, <laughs> I, get, hits yeah, <laughs> I get something that I've never seen before and it's, it happens a lot. So, yes. but yeah, yeah, I, I, I think experience is important, whether you've been in it 10 years or more. I absolutely agree. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah. That was actually one of the things my grandmother said in order to talk me into getting my real estate license way back in the day. Uh, she said, you know, you get, um, get to the top of your industry and then you get bored. I absolutely promise you, you will never get bored in real estate. And I've told that to licensees over the years and it's 100% true. It is. It is always changing, always growing. You can always find a new niche. You can always have different struggles with your customers to get through with them. Things and, you thought you oh, yeah. never would see, yeah. you see. Yeah, as yeah. soon as you think you've got it, everything changes and you're upside down again. And yep. it's like, what just happened? That's, so yeah. That's why it is, it, it's very cool because I never, to your point, never get bored. Mm -mm. I, I mean, I wish sometimes I did, but yes. I don't. Yes. So <laughs> yeah, that would it would be, be nice. nice to come in and have no surprises. Yes. Um, but we have them and that's what keeps me on my toes. Yes, absolutely. And it is, it's always expanding, growing uh, with the technology and everything. Mm -hmm. It really has changed. Oh my gosh. Considerably. When I think about how my grandmother did real estate um, in the eighties <laughs> and how we're doing real estate now, it's not even the same job. No. It's not even remotely the same job. Mm -hmm. They did not even have 
a digital MLS. They had like this phone book style thing. You know, it was yeah, well, totally different. Yeah, and I uh, took paper applications. Oh, okay. And everything had to be face to face, you know, and it was, yeah, it was all yeah. a different world. Very, very, very different. So, yeah. well, speaking of changes, yes, I keep looking at these interest rates and I'm going, okay, this is up, this is down, this is up, this is down. What are we doing? I think, you know, I really kind of think that there's a, a pause. Everybody's just kind of holding their breath to see what's going to happen. So I, I wanted you to come in as an expert and kind of say, okay, is it time to exhale? What are we doing here? So yeah. give us the lowdown. Well, I wish I had the crystal ball that everybody asked me on a daily basis for. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but, but, you know, the good news is we've seen a nice little dip. Um, mm -hmm. And just any dip at all is a great breath of fresh air. You yeah. Know, it opened up, you know, my um, financial people within Prime Lending, I mean, they, they literally say if we have a reduction, you know, 1% in the rate, you're going to open up such a big buyer's market again. To your point, people are a little nervous. Mm -hmm. People are, you know, I had a customer the other day, and I'm telling you, high-end customer, plenty of plenty of money in the bank, great credit, low ratios, and just the fact that the payment on a house that they were they fell in love with scared them just a little bit. They said, not yet. It's not time. So what am I seeing? I mean, I'm seeing a dip. We like the, Probably the second week of December, we started seeing some nice dips. We did. Um, everything, we have a marketing and a, and a financial market call every single week with Prime Lending. And, you know, everything is tied to the security. Everything is tied to the bond market. Everything that, you know, and the inflation. So there is a magic number that when the inflation gets to, that's really what's going to drive our rates down. And they're getting pretty close. So um, if if everything goes as scheduled, I mean, we're probably going to be back in the fives this year. That's amazing. And the other thing is you have to remember, too, we have an election year. So also anytime true. there's an election, you know, everybody wants to make things look peachy keen out there. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to see some lift from that. And um, But I'll tell you, people are still buying I mean, it, it may be um, an unusual, it's kind of a weird situation for me because usually January, February are kind of my down months. Mm -hmm. And they're not, I mean, I wouldn't say that January has been like crazy. Right. But it's been better than most years. And that's right. usually my slower months. So the, the good news, I think, is that people have adjusted to the rates. So they know that they're going to come into it, that they're going to be paying a certain rate. They've kind of you know put their mindset to knowing if I want to buy today, because you're the expert on real estate. And I, I've talked to so many real estate agents that, you know, it's kind of like the supply and demand situation. Mm -hmm. The minute the rates go down, the inventory is going to go down and the market prices are going to go up. So, you know, the rates may be lower, but you may be paying more for a house. It is my opinion that it is a great time to buy right now. It's a great time. I believe so, too. I'm seeing more and more sellers trying to jump into the market right now, which it is a great time to sell, as in, you know, over the last few years, this is still one of the times where you're going to have the most money and the most equity in your home. Right. But at the same time, if we continue to keep having so many sellers come into the market, and not that many buyers because the buyers are still holding their breath waiting right. to see what happens we're going to see that that supply go up and up and up 
Which and doesn't help us. That's not going to help. No. no. But I, but I, you know, you, you, you do a, you know, Ocala, what's up in Ocala. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, you can see that, you know, things are sitting on the market a little bit longer than mm-hmm. they were. Um, but I also think that I've seen houses go in no time because yes. they were priced with the educated agent that knows what's going on in the market. And um, people, like I said, people, it's so funny where we are from where we were a year and a half ago. Yes. I mean, it was truly a seller's market. Oh, 100%. And, it was know, scary. So when the rates, yeah, when the rates went up last year, four or five months of just shock of mm-hmm. payment, shock of rate, everything that we had to have for a discussion with our clients. I mean, it was an hour and a half discussion on every deal. It's okay. You can afford it. I know it's not what you want, but you can refinance it. Now you guys are having the problem with the sellers adjusting to where the market is. It was, honestly, for the first six months after those rates adjusted and we saw, you know, buyers come to a screeching right. halt because they either weren't willing or able. Or they're just scared. To, I mean, yeah, it was a shock. Couldn't, right. Um, but the prices... That was what was interesting is because the sellers were still acting as if it was a seller's market and they should still get, um, yep. no, you missed that boat. Yes. You missed that boat. It's gone. It may never come again. That's over. These are the new price. And they were dropping every month, every yep. month, every month. And now we're in a completely different market where it's dipping back over to a buyer's market. Yeah, it is. I mean, they, they think they, I mean, I, I, I see it all the time. They ask, and all of a sudden the sellers are going, yes. Yeah. Um, but I will tell you, because it's gotten into this market, it also opened up a lot of opportunities for buyers that they didn't did. have, you know, with seller concessions and mm-hmm. down payment assistance programs. And they're allowing this stuff now because the sellers were, you know, poo-pooing anybody that wasn't cash or conventional. Oh, absolutely. And, um, you know, for a first-time home buyer buying a two hundred fifty to $300,000 house, that's still you know, a high price for a first time mm-hmm. buyer. And that's really all that's out there right now. So what I'm seeing is seller concessions. I'm seeing, you know, repairs being done if they need to be done. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, night and day compared to what it was a year, two, a year and a half, two years ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, you know, it flipped, oh, yeah. it flipped. Yeah. But I do see that sales, I have um, a, a, an agent I'm working with right now and they called yesterday and the buyers, um, excuse me, the seller's family, the um, parents passed away. So it's a free and clear property, mm-hmm. and but it has a lot of repairs. They were older, you know, mm-hmm. and they're they're overpriced for the, for the repairs that have to be done, and they're not budging. You know, I had one just mm. this morning that the buyers canceled because they wanted $5,000 in repairs, and the seller said no. So it, that, that still happens too, and I keep thinking, gosh, you have a, a pre-approved buyer, yeah. You know we're we're in the game. We're, we're ready. I mean, we're not talking thirty thousand dollars to put on a new roof or whatever. Right. We're talking five thousand dollars, and they refuse to do it. So that mindset with some of the sellers is still, they. I mean, still there's, there. There's not. There's not the buyers a number. We got stubborn sellers in Just, Ocala. I'm well, shocked. We got, a couple I'm shocked. Of, we got a couple of stubborn buyers too. You know? well, oh yeah. I've I mean, definitely I, I kind of had the same yeah. discussion going, are you going to walk away for $5,000? Right. I mean, right. Yeah. So like, let's meet in the middle. Let's do something yeah, there's here. Gotta there's got to be some negotiation you don't here. have a plethora of people coming through those listings now. So right. when you get a hot buyer that's approved and ready to go, you know, you got to put that into perspective a little bit. And uh, it was, I was shocked that, they couldn't come to an agreement. Well, one thing I'm definitely seeing is the new construction, and especially when 
it is a, you know, a huge new community or several new communities in an area, brand new construction, gorgeous houses. And then there's a seller that's trying to sell a house that's 15 years old and needs a roof. Same price. And they want to do the same price. And it's like, you that's not the same thing. But they're like, oh, but there's all these houses for sale that it's this amount. So mine's worth this amount. You're not comparing apples to apples here. We're we're comparing apples to some yeah, other kind of fruit. Fruits, I don't grapefruits. even grapefruits more like. <laughs> uh this is not the same. And and if you were out buying, you would know that that's not the same, but you're selling and you're trying to change facts. Facts mm-hmm. are facts. You can't change those. Yeah. Uh so and, yeah. And and I think that um with all the new construction because we've had so much growth in Ocala, mm-hmm. That, you know, it does hurt on the resale side quite a bit because to your point, you know, they're, they're, they, you can't compare them. And, you know, what happened the last couple of months of 2023 is that typically builders who have specs and they have models and they want to get rid of them, you know, they kind of slash them, mm-hmm. uh, which also in a development that's established that may have some new construction going on, mm-hmm. you know, that doesn't exactly thrill the sellers either because, right. you know, they're, they're slashing prices to get them off their inventory and to start up with the 2024 stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's like a, we're juggling balls, mm-hmm. um, both sides of the coin, yours and mine every day, trying to fit somebody into something they can afford number one or two dealing with, you know, is the seller going to mm-hmm. make some adjustments or, you know, can that buyer literally afford to buy this house because our affordability is, is hard right now in mm-hmm. Marion County. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, we do, like I said, the only good positive thing that I still feel strongly about to this day is that I can put somebody in, they'll go, Oh my gosh, I don't want my payment over this. And, and they qualify. Mm-hmm. It's, I know they don't want it. I mean, you do a lot of rental properties and they go, well, I don't want my payment. I'm paying $1,500 a month in rent right now, but I don't want it over that. And they're not going to buy anything today, not with taxes and insurance. And Mm-mm. it's going to be, it's going to be tough, you right. know, um, to find something that's financeable and in good condition and stuff like that. The good news is, is that what goes up must come down, right? So when things were really low and the rates were really low, um, we don't always like to use that same analogy that what goes down will go up, but unfortunately it did. Oh, no, oh, I yeah, was yeah. shouting warnings yeah. from the rooftop, <laughs> right. like freaking buy now, yeah, okay? Yeah. You can go back and check my YouTube channel. Yeah. It's up there. I was like, you will never see this again. Freaking buy now. Mm-hmm. If it's at all humanly possible, do it now yep. because you're not going to see it again probably in our lifetime. Yeah, and I, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, when we were at 2.75 and mm-hmm. 3, I mean – it was a heyday. It was the Wild West show. You know, it was exciting, yeah. but it wasn't forever. And that no. was, that's what, what we knew. But, you know, if you're at a, if you, if you bought this year and you had to get a loan, you're in the sevens. I mean, that's just where, yeah. I mean, reality is what it is. But every time we're, we're in this environment, like with the election and all the things that are happening, trying to get inflation rates down, and we have that refinance boom. So this is never, and this is what I try to explain to customers, this is never a life sentence. No. It's not the first home you're ever going to buy, I guarantee you. And it's not, the rate's not going to be the forever rate. So it is, you have to remember that people like me, once you do a loan with me, you're in my, you're in my book of business. Um, I'm going to be calling you way before you call me and go, hey, guess what? Great news. 
here's where the rates are. I think it's a good time to refinance. And I had that discussion today with them. They're going to hear from me. So if we're at seven, if, if they bought in and they were at seven and a half and they're dropped down to five, it, I mean, even if it drops down to 5.75, they're going to refi. They're right. going, it's going to be worth their while to do it. So I always tell them it's a short term to get you into the house because you can answer this better than me. But I think if you buy today, you're buying at a good price. So you've got equity. Typically, we're in a good growth market. Mm-hmm. And you, you lock in today. You can always lower that rate, but you may not be able to buy at this price. No. there. I'm. My concern is over the, not necessarily right now. Right now, it is feasible for most people to purchase a home. Mm-hmm. Uh, seeing what I see as far as what people pay as rent, what their income is, they can buy a home. Mm-hmm. It may not be the home in their dreams. Don't, you That's know, what I try said. it may not be your first, it may your not be, home. you know, don't come in and tell me that you want something super, super bougie as your first home. But it, you, most people can, can actually purchase a home. There's enough programs out there and yep. enough loan uh, programs and so forth that they can, they can qualify and they can afford it. What I'm worried about is 10 years from now. I have a serious concern that my children will not have the same ability to purchase a home based on their income that we have right now. Are we talking specifically in Florida or Marion County? I would say anywhere. I mean, even if they're, you know, like our son wants to move to Chicago. I don't know why it's cold up there, but whatever. Uh, So he wants to go and, you know, live the big city life for a while. Um, But how is he going to afford I mean, honestly, that, that is the reality. And that's where, um, you know, when I, back in the 90s, the early 90s, I mean, that's when all these programs came available. You know, that's when um, they weren't necessarily good programs. And I will say that, <laughs> um, honestly. But, I mean, they have to, first of all, real estate drives the economy. I mean, we it does. have such an impact in, it really does. in, uh, in the economy. They can't afford to have it to the point where people aren't buying houses and aren't able to have the affordability to do so. So what does that mean in 10 years? I mean, I know you're into, you know, what's what's the guy that does the finances? Um, uh, Dave Ramsey. Yeah, thank you. I'm a huge fan of I, his, I yes. know that. I know that. So, yes. I, so he may kick me if he ever met me if I said this. <laughs> but, I mean, they may have 40-year mortgages. They may have 50-year mortgages. Um, they, they have to do something because honestly, and any lender that you work with, I, I, I know they would agree with you. I mean, we spend more time not being able to qualify for that person who makes the $20 an hour, right. Um, that has a, you know, car payment, because look at what car payments are today. Right. I mean, Oh, car payments are ridiculous. I, uh, Dave Ramsey will definitely get yeah, you on those. But I, but, That's yeah, just some craziness. I'm, but I'm just saying these kids go in to a car dealership and they sell them the car of their dreams and they walk out with an eight or a thousand dollar payment and they have left themselves absolutely no room to do anything else the rest of their life. You keep going on this track. I'm going to step up on my soapbox if we don't, cause I know of a child that is a friend of my son's a few years ago that got $60,000 in student loans, not knowing what he was doing and went out and used it to pay for a vehicle. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so my son found out after the fact and was like, well, are these guaranteed? Are these, you know, government? The kid had no No idea. idea. 
no idea what he was doing. And it, it just, it bothers me. And to, and, and it, it bothers me. And it happens all the time. I mean, we see it all the time with student loans. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're they're not using it to pay tuition. They're using it to live on. Yes. That, I mean, so they don't realize that, that every $2,500 grant they get, whatever, it's due. Yeah. You know, it's going to come due. And if you get a private one, like, that goes through a bank or whatever, it's adjustable. And, it I mean, it accrues interest at such a high rate. But that's, you know, I, and I had this conversation with somebody and just exactly to your point, I don't feel like they teach kids nowadays in school. Do you remember when you were in school, we learned basic accounting. We mm-hmm. had to fill out a checkbook. We yeah. had to balance our statement. Oh, yeah. We learned a little bit enough about, okay, if you bring home $200,000 a month and you have these in bills, you're in trouble. Yes. I don't think they teach it. I mean, I have seen professional football players who got a – great um guarantee you know what do they call it? bonus signing bonus mm-hmm. and can't afford to buy cash for a car because they go through it so there is that i think in our school systems that is a big issue that i i mean it's not even the kids faults because they don't educate anyone and if you don't have a parent that's sitting down going let me teach you how to Fill out a checkbook yeah. and pay your bills. And, and that's when, you know, my husband and I, we, we don't rely on the schools, the, the schools to mm-hmm. do that. Uh, the education, we definitely think for that, especially since it's going to have probably one of the biggest impacts, impacts on them and their future, even for generations, is to get them financially educated. educated. Yep. It's absolutely but it's so sad that, mandatory that, that you would that. not, I mean, and we also have a culture now that if I want it, I get it, you know, and I used to, and I, <laughs> you're, you're uh, talking about my Amazon uh, cart, right? <laughs> well, yeah, but you're a different age group, right? Mm. <laughs> you think about the kids, like you're like my daughter's ages and, and my, you know, you think about them, it, it's, they make good money, but they don't think, well, you know, then I grew up that, I wanted to work hard so that I could afford to buy things. Now everything right. is instant gratification, right? So if, and, and I see it with kids, and I call them kids because I'm an old They're lady. kids, you know. Yeah. But I, I mean, I see them come in all the time. And, you know, they have no money in the savings. They, they If they lost their job tomorrow, they would have a challenge. And I, I, it breaks my heart. It's like I want to have this financial class and say, look, you know, but before it gets out of hand, not after it's already there but yeah so i mean i I think that's one of the downfalls of our education system right now we just don't teach our kids to be financially educated and we don't teach them that you may have to work a little harder or wait a little longer before you have everything but i mean honestly i think it's actually generational because i know for my i mean my parents were terrible with money. I, you know, they don't listen to the show. I don't think so. I, you know, I'm going to throw them under the bus. Uh, they were terrible with money. Both of them. Just absolutely awful. They did not teach me anything about it. I had to go to like Dave Ramsey and go, oh my goodness, nobody's ever told me this stuff right, before. Right. Somebody's actually telling me what life insurance is all about and that there's different kinds. And yep. I mean, just basic stuff, but had no idea. So, I mean, it's not even current children in school. It's, it's all about yeah. prior generations. See, we just weren't taught because it was rude or they, 
you didn't, you didn't talk ask about, about it. Money. I mean, no, we, we didn't talk about money. You, I mean, your if your parents were having problems with bills or whatever, we didn't talk about it. No, I, I never knew no. that. But yeah. my parents were just the opposite. They, my mother used to literally get. My dad was in the Navy for thirty years, but she would get his paycheck and cash it, and she had ten envelopes. Oh, love the envelopes and yeah. entertainment, water bill, whatever the. But I, to this day, she's ninety two. She still has envelopes. And when that envelope is empty. That's done. That's done for the month. Yeah. And I'm like, I used to laugh at her. I used to go, you know, so I grew up that, no, you didn't get everything you wanted. And there was right. a lot of no's because they had to raise four kids and on a military paycheck and, you know, and I learned the hard way because I didn't get taught just like you didn't. Right. I lived around it and it frustrated me that they would never spend any money. Right. Or they always had this budget, you know, yeah. what is that? Oh. I don't like those, you yeah. know. So I had to learn the same way, but I learned through trial and error right. that you, you don't get yourself into so much trouble. I don't know if today, because I can only speak, you know, about my family and situation, but I know that my generation still wants to take care of our kids, even though they're older. So if they get into an issue, it's, if if I ever needed money from my mom when I was a grown adult, it was like I would rather, you know, starve to death than to ask because I just that was not something right. you did. Right. Kids nowadays, they don't feel that. Right. You know, right. hey, I, mom. Yeah. I need money. I need money or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yep. No, um, our kids at court, we want it. It's hard. You. No, it's okay. <laughs> I, I mean, it is. It is a hard, hard discussion to have with your kids. Uh, once they reach past 18, well, then they're in college or whatever. And it's like, well, you still want to support them because they're basically, I mean, I'm sorry, but they're, they're still babies. kids. They're yeah. babies. They yeah. have no yeah. clue. No clue. Um, but you still have those conversations. Like I remember, and our, our kids are very financially responsible, very financially responsible, but they're still kids. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's of be course. honest. Yeah. Uh, my daughter has a hard time saying no to her friends. Uh, and our, our son, he has a serious weakness for tech. So <laughs> at one point he, he needed assistance with his rent, but then a few weeks later, which we did, you know, we of helped course. him, but then a few weeks later he had bought a pair of the o Oculus, you know, which are several hundred dollars. And I was like, okay, well, you have just graduated to not getting assistance again uh, because- Or you don't post it. Do, well, yeah, don't share that information if you're going to use, yep. uh, you know, but he figured, well, my parents assisted me with the rent and now that I have, I have this, extra the, this extra money. No, it's not extra money. Mm -hmm. That's to prepare for next time there's a, hey, I don't have funds for this. Uh, so we had to have that discussion with him like, okay, the next time you have an issue, we're not going to bail you out of it because- you are not preparing for your future because you are acting as a child yes. and you're not, you're yeah, not doing yeah. what you need to do, which he, he's very, very good. Yep. Uh, he definitely learned his, his lesson yeah. on that one. Definitely and, don't and post it on Facebook. Well, but. that's true. But, but you know, isn't it funny too, because I don't know about you, but you know, when, when my son was like two or three years old, we, I was a single mom too. I know you went through that originally. Yes. yes. So, you know, um, we, we, you know, we just didn't have a lot of extra money at that time. No. Right. So my, so he understood, you know, that I didn't talk about money. I just said, not now we can't afford right. this now, but I think, um, me making mistakes. And I think that's a big issue with the younger generation right now. They don't really have, they don't have any, um, hardships. 
we won't let them go through the hardships. Right. We we want it. We, I made we have this to money. I work hard mm -hmm. so that my children won't have, have to. to. And there is some serious, you know, mom guilt and stuff like yeah. that in there and, too. And oh me yeah, too. me too. Yeah. And that's how I I know that I would rather help them out than have them have felt the way I did when I needed help. And, and not, not have ask. it. Yeah, it's a hard but they don't, tight rope but to walk They don't to. have that yeah. feeling of laying in bed going, how am I going to pay my rent this month? You right. know, how am I going to, you know, how am I going to eat this month or whatever? Oh, yeah. I mean, during the recession, that's really when I got my real estate license, uh, which was a really poor timing on my part, I have to say. Uh, I didn't know. I, I honestly didn't know what I didn't know. So I got my real estate license and two weeks into my newfound career, I found out that I was pregnant and oh it gosh. was with somebody that had no interest in being a father. Uh, so that was fun. Um, <laughs> so I yep. got to face the recession to one of the hardest hit areas of the country in the hardest industry that was like the hardest hit industry uh, as a single mom. And I had no child support and no government aid either uh, for reasons involving the father. So uh, yeah, it was difficult. I I, I was but so it broke. Taught you so it much. did. It was the best thing really for me because it's completely changed how I see everything. I know. And I mean, my husband is he he'll p pinch a penny and make it bleed a dime. <laughs> but uh, I appreciate that in him. I need I need that side of my yeah. husband too. Yes, I do. <laughs> I mean, you, I do need that one. That yeah. sometimes I feel guilty if I'm, you know, not being as careful or watchful or getting gluttonous or. Whatever the, I, mean, I felt good this month, so I'm going out and spending it. I deserve this. I know. Yes, I worked so hard. I, I deserve sometimes this. Sometimes I say that, and um, and and thankfully I don't do it a lot. But there are times I do it, and but I know I can afford it, and so right. and I know I've got backing if I need it. So it's a difference. But man, I tell you what, there were very very many months that we ate macaroni and cheese out of a box. Or a TV dinner that um, had my three starches. You know, oh, my three. you were yeah. I got creative. Oh yeah, because uh, I I um yeah. Back at that point, <laughs> I found out coupons. I did extreme couponing way before it was popular. <laughs> they had the TV show after I was already doing. If you've not done couponing, you've never been broke enough. That's right. Okay, because right. I could coupon. Coles. <laughs> Coles was my favorite. I got all brand new clothes and everything for my daughter. She always had very nice clothes. But there were times I would go I in. I was Bell's outlet for oh. my son. Oh, man. I was On the, the red, red button stuff. station. Oh, uh, yeah. Date. My son to this day says, you were getting me Bugle Boy clothes, Mom, when Bugle Boy was over like five years ago. That matter. I said, it I was didn't clothes. care. It I thought was they clean, were designer. It was nice. And I thought and, it was designer, yeah. so I thought I was doing a good job. You did a great job. He was clothed. He didn't have <laughs> yeah. to worry about it. He looked clean and tidy. <laughs> yes. It's all good. You, good job, Mom. Yep, yep. So if it wasn't the brand he wanted, he can go get a job. Right. <laughs> yeah, we but, just yeah. tease about that now because I was like, I can remember leaving the office from my lunch hour and going to bell's outlet on a wednesday or whatever because it was like double red or whatever mm -hmm. and i thought i was doing such a good job and years later i heard that you know mom i was so out of style from all the other kids but i said okay well i tried yeah yeah i yeah. did the best i could with what but i we, had i did i learned so much i learned mm -hmm. you don't count on anything that you think you can count on coming in right. until it's in but are we taking away that from our children by allowing them to feel that and learn from that. 
Are we taking away their ability? Are, are we enabling them? Yeah, a little a thousand bit. percent. A little bit. A little bit. So, I mean, we can oh say the school system isn't teaching them, but at the same time, we're guilt. Man. We it's are. Guilt. We got to <laughs> we got to let them feel a little bit of pain and learn their lessons and and it's hard. It I'm is. It's so you, hard. It I, really my, is. I know, I, I know you do it for your reasons. I do it, you know, why, what is my why? My family. I mean, yeah. it always has been security and family. And right. so if I can do it, I will. If I can't, I don't. Me, especially, I think I'm the first generation that really had the first latch kids. Mm. You know, so there was that trauma of I'm not being a good mom. I have to oh, work yeah. all those things. So I think I embellished. On, well, you know, you're the perfect mom, you know, before you have children. Yes. And yes, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Everybody's the perfect parent true. before they have yes, kids. Yes, yes. And then reality strikes. And it's like, oh, if they want to eat, I have to work. And I can't be a stay-at-home mom to bring, you know, them cookies or whatever yeah. after school. You can't have it both ways. No. Everybody says you can have it all. It is a lie. But think about okay. <laughs> where we were, you know, back in the 60s and 70s and 80s. I mean, the yeah. moms were home. You had a meal when you came home from school. I mean, everything was different. Right. So I think we've overcompensated for the lack of being available right there. Yeah. And we're and so that's how we're paying it. And yeah. it's not an not necessarily the right way to do it. No, not necessarily. And we're seeing that because I see it we, even worse now. Well but we're seeing it because, you know, I see the rental applications that come in. Oh yeah. And you see, you know, the mortgage, mortgage. applications come in and we can see we're there's some struggles. I mean, there is nothing that will tell the truth about your financial education and well-being. As your credit report. As your credit report. Yep. It is crazy. Every single time, if there is a major issue in your life, be it a family member in the hospital or you're in the hospital, or uh, if there's a divorce or a death in the family, all of that ends up reflecting on your credit report how you what your capacity to repay is yes how you decide to make the decision do i pay bills that is probably you see it on the rental side i see it on the mortgage side i've never seen it to this degree that you know it's just a lack of deciding that you don't want to pay i have yeah i have, and, and not just young kids yeah. i have people that filed bankruptcy two years ago and have you know ran up every credit card that they were able to get again and right. so i mean it's not just like to your point it is not generational it is i mean people, this generation is different yeah, yeah. every generation but but yeah. but i think it's just um if i like i said if i could give a one hour course that would be so impactful i mean what you just said now about the credit report your credit is who you are. That is right. your identity to the right. to the world. I mean, unfortunately, you know, just to get rent, you have to have your credit pulled. Right. So, I mean, which landlord wants to rent to someone that never has paid a bill since they opened up a credit? Oh a, yeah. A debt? I would rather have somebody that comes in with a zero credit score, like it doesn't show up because they just pay their cash. bills with cash, and it doesn't. I would rather take that than somebody that has you know an eviction and bad credit. Because that means if you have no credit score, that means that you're paying your bills and you're, you're just, just not taking out credit. You're not taking out credit. That's yep. the only thing. We approve people with no credit score all the time. Yep. All the time. Because if you don't pay, then it shows up on your credit score. So they have to pay their bills, their utilities, their, their stuff yep. in order to show up. That means when they want a car, they bought it cash because they saved up. That, to me, That's a no credit score... 
means it's a good credit score. Yep. It's not a bad credit score. It's just, it doesn't exist. Yep. So that's perfectly fine to me. I don't know how it works necessarily with mortgages. We we use alternative credit all the time. You know, we have their, you know, cell phone bills. We have their utility bills. We have their rent. Um, So we can establish, and and I agree a thousand percent. I mean, if I get, if I pull credit and they have no credit, it is not a kiss of death on mortgages. It's you know, we're going to build some yeah. alternatives. It's going to be some work. <laughs> we're going to build alternatives, but we can do it. Yeah. We can do it. I think that's a fallacy that so many people say is, oh, well, you have to have that credit score because you're not going to ever be able to do anything and have more and, and get a house you're and all stuff. to the world. It's yeah. not true. No, it's not yeah. true. But I, but it, I mean, it is, um, I it's would easier tell, for us, I, but. I, well, <laughs> and I would say too, you know, there is also the mindset that if you do credit, Right. If you get some credit and you should establish some, you know, because of the world that we live in. But if you establish credit and you pay it off or you, you know, you don't let it go delinquent, it doesn't have to be you don't have to go out there and buy every credit card that comes out and take every credit card. But it also gives you, you know, kind of like that identity because everything is credit related now. It really does. It it really is. It just gives you that ability. I think that's actually a good point because a lot of people think they need to have, you know, tens of thousands of dollars in credit in order to qualify for no 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 like a little time even like a little loan from your bank or something i mean is, three is three references if you have three references and i'm just going to give you a quick rundown of what that could go be, for it yeah do self-reported utility do self-reported rent if you're if the landlord doesn't we do, do it. it um go out and get a secured credit card open up a department store just use it but don't overuse it don't you know have something that creates a payment history for you so that people because what lenders are looking at is how do you pay your bills right so if you have no credit we have no way of knowing unless to your point we we create that create that alternative credit but it's like show me what you do with your money if you i'll tell you what's harder for me is somebody who makes good money i mean really good money for our area and has sloppy credit you know they don't pay on time they pay but they just don't pay on time and they have zero dollars in the bank yeah so those are throws red flags for us well those are harder for me how do you how do you make all this money and have no money in the bank well you live large and you're having a good time but what an underwriter is looking at is if your score is let me just throw out there a 640 and we're going FHA, you know, government loan. Sure. We want to see that if something happened to your job, that you got a month or two in reserves. Not, you don't always have to have it, but we like to see it because it shows. Or, or here's the hardest thing. I live with my parents. I've been living with them for the last five years, and I have no money in the bank. If you're living rent-free, the biggest suggestion I can give you is pay yourself rent and put it in the bank. Yes. Give yourself some savings because an underwriter will go, how are they going? They're they're not saving any money right now. They don't have a payment for rent or for a mortgage. How are they going to be able to, they have no money left. So what, how are they going to pay a payment? That is 100% true. Yep. So you have a little, you have some money in the bank. If you're living rent free, there's nothing wrong with it. Absolutely not. But pay yourself rent and put it in the bank. That's awesome advice. Thank you. Debbie, thank Are you so done? much. We are. Thank you that so much so for much coming fun. in. Go ahead and tell everyone one more time who you are, where you work, how to find you, and how to contact you. So Debbie Cowan with Prime Lending right here in Ocala. 
And my number is 352-433-7846. Check me out on Facebook. I'm on everything, just like this one. Um, she taught me. And uh, so, but you gotta yeah. get your name out there. How yeah, are they going to find you? Yeah, you know? so, yep. Or, or knock on their door and they'll point you in the right direction. Yep. You're like, oh, yeah, Debbie, yeah, let's go girl. over and say hi. I've done that before. I know you have. I know you <laughs> we're gonna, have. We're going to walk across the street real quick. Yeah. Come on. So thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's always, always fun sitting here and chatting with you and catching up. You've been listening to What's Up Ocala? Follow us all week on Andrea Praber's YouTube channel and TikTok. We'll see you next week at 10 a.m. on What's Up Ocala.